today on the Bill Kelly Show on AM 900 CHML. Income growth in the city was the highest of Ontario's five largest metropolitan areas, according to census data that was released from uh, Stats Canada. Uh, that includes a drop in the poverty rate, too. So that sounds like a good news story, but there are some things that we need to talk about here because it's not all good news when you look at some of this data. Joining us to assess this is uh, Sarah Mayo, Social Planning and Research Council and uh, the City of Hamilton, of course. Sarah, thank you for uh, coming back on the program. Good to have you with us today. Thank you. Anytime, Bill. Listen, uh, before we get into some of these numbers, I, I, I'm just going to lay a concern that I have every time that we have yeah. this report from Stats Canada. Uh, when Stats Canada does these assessments, uh, they, uh, they, uh, they call this the Metro Hamilton area. Uh, but that includes Burlington and Grimsby. And I love Burlington and Grimsby. They're fabulous places. But I think it skews the numbers a little bit because it's 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 really kind of an apples and oranges comparison uh, with their situations and ours. Absolutely. I'm glad you're making that distinction. So us at the Social Planning and Research Council of Hamilton, we try as much as possible to look at the data for the city of Hamilton. Um, but, you know, certainly media, um, like sort of a broader... Uh, uh, geographic area because they're they're covered. They have listeners in Burlington and 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 uh, so th- so they they often use uh, data for a, a, a larger area. But um, and and it is true, you know, certainly in Hamilton and Burlington have very different incomes. Hamilton's individual uh, uh, median income is about thirty two thousand. In Burlington, it's about forty forty two thousand. So it's a a huge, um, a huge difference between these communities in terms of incomes. Yeah, and, and I'm not looking at this with rose-colored glasses. I mean, because I've I've talked to Mayor Goldwing and others on council in Burlington, and and they have a poverty issue and they have a housing issue, many of the same problems. But it's it's a, it's a different kind of issue. It's and, and it's a different perspective, uh, a different dynamic, uh, and and some of the solutions may well be the same. But when you're right, I mean, the the, the wider you cast this net, I think the the actually the less clear the picture becomes. Yeah, each community has has. A different income uh, picture, and and so different organizations in different communities try to focus on those. And so in Burlington, the um, Community Development Halton, uh, our sort of sister organization, does a lot of uh, data just on Burlington mm-hmm. and Halton. All right. So that being said, let's let's look at this report and these numbers. Uh, there is some some positive news, some in, but still some challenges. Let's 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 deal with the positive stuff here first of all. The poverty rate has dropped from eighteen point one down to sixteen point seven in the last decade. Uh, that's a good thing. How did that happen? Yeah. So I mean, just a bit more on 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 data issues. There, we're we're still kind of looking at. We we haven't released anything final on that because of the changes in the um, the poverty measure. Um, and but yes, definitely there seems to be a clear decrease, which is uh, obviously good news. Um, because of population growth, it's not a, a huge decrease in the number of people. And what matters the most is really, you know, the individual people experiencing poverty, um, not not just the statistics. And so if, if the number of people isn't changing that much, that's... Uh, that's not a good thing, but um, but but what we're concerned about is that we you know people move uh, sometimes uh, for good reasons and because they want to, but more and more it seems like people are moving because they don't want to, but they just can't afford to live here anymore because our rents are increasing so much. Um, and if if you're lucky enough to be in social housing, which has its problems and and is of lower quality often, and and there's more funding needed there, but at least you're protected. Um, from predatory landlords, but in the private market, which is most of the affordable housing in Hamilton, um, landlords are becoming more and more picky about uh, who 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 comes in and 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 trying to you know encourage in subtle and not so subtle ways of 
uh, people moving out. You know, we've heard of buildings, uh, oh, the, the laundry machine is closed, uh, you know, for indefinitely. Um, and, and so people kind of are, are forced to, uh, or, or other, other tactics to, to get uh, existing tenants to move out. Well, this is, this is the problem with, with statistical reports like this. So you look at a number like this, and at first blush, say, hey, this is great. It's, uh, you know, poverty rates from 18.1 all the way down to 16.7. That's good. But does that mean those people are, are no longer uh, below the poverty line, or does that mean that some of the people that were below the poverty line have just gone someplace else? Yeah, that's you, you don't. The numbers don't tell you that. Not yet. We're hoping that later on, when the census data is fully released, and then we'll we can do some custom requests for custom data sets, we'll be able to track that a bit more because the census does ask, "Where did you live a year ago? Where did you live five years ago?" Mm-hmm. So hopefully, we will be able to better understand that picture. Um, but meanwhile, there's still, you know, um, uh, upwards of 88,000 people living in poverty in Hamilton. Now, 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 you see, now there's a more important number. Yeah. When you say 16.7, you figure, oh, it's gone down. 88,000 yeah. people is a lot yeah. of people in this city. Yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, and in terms of children, it's one in five children, more than one in five children living in poverty, um, more than one in ten uh, seniors. So it's, um, it's an absolute, uh, it's still a very important priority. Uh, let's let's look at some of the other numbers here too, uh, and and median income is is part of this. You touched on that very briefly, Sarah, at the beginning of our conversation, uh, but it's it's a number that does matter. It's it's just how much money that, that people are earning, uh, and I think it's uh, very timely in in light of the com- conversation we're having now about minimum wage going up, about mm-hmm. living wage in some parts of the community, uh, and things of that nature. Yeah, so um, we're seeing um, in general uh, uh, median income. So median income is uh, half the population makes more, half the population makes less, and this is only people age 15 and over that they count in income. And um, we're seeing that Hamilton uh, still has lower uh, median incomes than Ontario, um, but it is growing um, at a faster rate than Ontario. Um, So we're catching up, which is good. Um, but we haven't, you know, we're, we're still, that doesn't mean it's increasing for everybody. We know that there are certain groups for which it's decreased, uh, uh, it's likely to have decreased in some groups where it's increased more. So we're going to, over the next uh, few months, as more data is released, look at that. Because like you say, the, the just the general number doesn't tell you the whole story. And, it, and, you know, you certainly, lots of people feel like, wait a minute, my income didn't increase. And yeah, absolutely, it's not, it doesn't mean that we're, uh, you know, because the median went up that, oh, you know, everything's great. Um, we know that lots of people have lost um, jobs and are, have, have been moved to minimum wage jobs. Um, and, and so that's why the increase in the minimum wage is so important as a tool to increase incomes, because more and more people are, are, are very close to that line. And and then therein lies part of the problem again when when you're looking at numbers like this and when you start to look at different areas within this metropolitan Hamilton area mm-hmm. in Grimsby in Burlington, uh, it's great to see growth. I mean, uh, you know, on the national picture, I think Newfoundland went up like twenty one percent, and that sounds like wow, boy, they're doing great. Well, yeah, look where they started, uh, yeah. and that's that's something that you have to factor in on these numbers as well. Yeah, and and median income. Um uh, is uh, you know in in, in uh, nationally is certainly uh, pushed enormously by Alberta and Saskatchewan and the resource economy um, and Ontario you know doesn't have that uh, economic base and and doesn't have manufacturing like it did and so is moving towards a more diversified economy but in that transition it's it's definitely a difficult transition and and more needs to be done to support people who who are moving from manufacturing jobs to other type of work. 
The other element here, too, when we start looking at some of these numbers and, and obviously asking the, the question, well, how does this happen? Why does this happen? Uh, to a certain extent, I think we have to give the city some credit here for, for looking at some of these things years ago and developing policies. And maybe we're starting to see some of the fruits of, of that decision making, like like a more diversified economy, things like that, to kind of put us on the right track. Yeah, I mean, you know, in some ways, you, uh, it's always it's always hard to know. There's not never one thing that contributes and that that is the solution. Everything uh, that you can attribute a change to, and everything contributes. And and and. Cities that have a long-term vision and and see these change happening and 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 put um, and put aside the kind of everyday little um, petty disputes and say we're all going to work towards a vision of a more um, um, uh, 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 an economy that gives opportunity for everyone. Uh, and Hamilton has done some steps in that. Yeah, we'll certainly see some re- rewards. I mean, Hamilton has been named by the Chamber of, not the Chamber of Commerce, the Conference Board of Canada as having the most diversified economy in Hamilton. Um, but, you know, most diversified, that's good. That means that, w- that we ride out recessions more because we're not um, tied to one sector of the economy as much. But at the same time, that doesn't, a diversified economy of, um, you know, lots of low-wage service work and, and lower-wage manufacturing work and um, and uh, it, it doesn't mean it's a, you know, that's not the perfect goal. You know, we, we really have to see more increases in income before people will really be satisfied with the economy. On a national level, and let's talk about how this relates to Hamilton as well, though, one of the more troubling parts of this report is a shift in poverty, a smaller proportion of children living in poverty, but growing number of seniors below the poverty line. Yeah, um, that is definitely a, a concern in terms of seniors, absolutely. We see as well that nationally they... We don't have this locally, but nationally they had this very interesting graph of every single individual age group. So you see this big increase um, in poverty, especially among um, like 55 to 64, because if you um, are, um, you know, being laid off at that time and have to rely on social assistance, social assistance rates are so terrible that um, uh, you're really um, in deep poverty. But then at age 65, um, your income goes up because um, uh, CPP and OAS and GIS. So we have these public policies that do help people um, get uh, imp- improve their income. And similarly, children, we see, you know, part of the reason uh, child incomes uh, or, or child poverty has decreased is that there has been a, a public push through, uh, more recently through the CC, the federal child benefits, but even, and that's not really counted in this, uh, data, but the OCB that that Ontario put in uh, was important, and previously there had been other uh, child benefits. So, so we know that there are we know the policies that that can help people lift people out of poverty, and 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 we're um, you know always pushing for for more to be done on that. Well, some of us predicted uh, the, the the poverty problem with the with seniors, especially uh, back in 08, 09, when the recession was uh, really starting to to hit its peak, I guess, and uh, and then part of that was because an awful lot of people's pensions were eroded and. In some cases, eliminated altogether. And that nest egg that they thought they were going to have in retirement is no longer there, or just a a small portion of it is right now. And, uh, boy, it's got to be tough for a lot of those people to make ends meet. Yeah, and I I think you're right in terms of the uh, seniors who are living now were working at a time where pensions were much better. Um, but as people now in their working age who don't have, um, and, and there's, they're not all great, and certainly, um, you know, they've, there's a huge risk uh, for the Stelco pensions, especially um, that is a big concern. But um, they were, you know, in general, on average, they're, they're, 
they're, they're living with, with better pensions than it looks like the next generation of seniors is going to be living with. Um, and that's a huge concern. And, and again, public policy, you know, there, there are, there are um, people in government who are realizing this problem. And so that's why the CPP, um, you know, Ontario pushed a lot for a, an improved CPP to, um, because people didn't have as much workplace pension to improve um, the maximum income you'd be able to get from uh, public pensions. Um, it's not going to fully solve the problem, but um, uh, and uh, you know things like uh, increased unionization. Um, that hopefully uh, the way the the provincial government is is going to make it easier for for people to join unions uh, will will be helpful for that too. Hopefully. Well, and we're starting to have some discussions, maybe because some of these numbers are starting to to come home to roost now for elected officials. Uh, so we're starting to have discussions about things like a pharmacare program and things of this nature, which are added pressures. I understand in Ontario there's there are programs that that help seniors for things like that, but in, on on a much more macro basis, uh, we still have to start looking at things like that right now. And and I know that people are going to say, well, you know, that, there's a cost to this, but these numbers indicate there's a cost to not doing some of that stuff too. Oh, uh, there's a huge in terms of pharmacare. Uh, the uh, the savings that can be had from uh, from just from the pooling of uh, um, of buying drugs uh, through a single source um, will that alone can be a huge savings um, overall. So, yeah, for, uh, you know, it's it's just, it's just like education. We could all pay for it ourselves, and um, but we've decided that we want to have a service that is um, accessible to all, that is uh, of higher quality and worth paying for. Um, as a as a part of our our life to our quality of life and and we all want to have um, you know improved quality of life and 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 if we can pay for it in a fair way that doesn't impact people who are uh, struggling uh, that 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 would be a really uh, important thing to do. Where look at this now? You've had a chance to digest some of these numbers right now, Sarah. What, what's your evaluation? Where are we now in in twenty sixteen, twenty seventeen, with uh, with what we need to do to to try to improve the quality of life in this community? Well, I think we really still have to pay attention much more to people who are struggling um, because these, you know, it looks like we're we're improving, you know, certainly compared to the average in Ontario, but but um, Ontario as an average has been struggling and Hamilton's been uh, a little bit better. But again, you know, is it is it well, people are kind of, are, are people who are struggling giving up on Hamilton because the rents are increasing so much? Um, and and so we, we definitely need to... Um, not just sort of pat ourselves on the back and say, "Oh, this is all uh, you know. This is all great. We're 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 headed towards a, a, a great economy." You know, if if we're an economy where um, where where people are pushed out, um, that's that's not a great economy at all. Well, and we have to juxtapose that against some of the stories that we're hearing from from economic development, and and those are real numbers and legitimate numbers too about Hamilton's economic renaissance, and as you mentioned, how how number of publications on the conference board are, are looking to Hamilton right now as, as one of the leaders in diverse economy and in a growing economy. But I guess the message out of this report is that's all great, but uh, that's only part of the story. Yeah, and and it's it, it's not even a report we've we've published yet. We're 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 going to publish something a bit more extensive. Right now, we've just put some stuff on social media in terms of the basic data and. Um, and yeah, we've we, we've done previous reports, vital signs, um, 
exactly talking about that, how we need to improve our um, social, rebuild our social safety net um, so that, uh, you know, to to, to reflect the changing workplace. We know that those pensions are, you know, they're not easily going to come back and so we have to build more public pensions. Um, All all these kinds of options to to, um, reflect our changing workplace and and not just pretend that the change isn't happening. Like, let's let's react to those changes and improve improve our laws and our, our public services for for people. So you, I guess, are going to get locked away in a room someplace with this report and and be told to come back out in a couple of days with an analysis and you're going to go before council, right? Uh, not right away on this. <laughs> <laughs> it takes a while to really digest it um, and, and to get to to those trends. Um, but yeah, at some point we will definitely present this data to council. I know that they... Uh, appreciate uh, getting, uh, you know, fresh information about about the city, as we all do. Always uh, great to get your perspective on this, Sarah. Thanks for taking the time for us today. Thank you. Talk to you soon. Bye. Sarah Mayo, Social Planning and Research Council, of course, at Hamilton. And, and like I can say, there's a lot of good news stories about what's going on here, too. And, and we don't want to, you know, overshadow those. But what this is, I think, is a stark reminder that there's still an awful lot of people that do need help. And uh, the social safety net that she talked about and, and others in this community have talked about is still very important and still clearly very much needed. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on AM 900 CHML.